welcome to the American Scottish Foundation Scots in Us as we journey to Edinburgh to the Edinburgh Book Festival and where we join Tamara Zimmel in conversation. Good morning, Tam, and thank you for taking some time out as you are in the midst of the Edinburgh Book Festival at this moment. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I, well, it's amazing what you are managing to do with, it, you know, with the challenges of this year, because you will have over 300 events going on, and um, you are now the largest public celebration of the written word in the world, as I believe. Wow. And you began in 1983. Mm -hmm. And I wondered if you could take us back and give us a sense of the history, how the festival came to be and join the festival. And um, let us, then we can go to where we are today. For sure. Thank you, firstly, so much for having me. Um, and yeah, we are in the middle. I think we're about a week. We are a week into the festival. We have another week to go. Um, so it, all the team, everything is happening outside. I am in a fairly um, nondescript uh, office just trying to kind of get away from the noise. We have a big screen going on outside um, and lots of people. So we can come to all that later. But um, how we got here is the festival was founded in 1983. Um, I will also say that I joined uh, only about 12 months ago, so you're going to really test my organisational knowledge. But I will give you I will give you the basic um, and important facts. So yeah, we were started we founded in 1983, and it was the first literary uh, festival in Scotland. Um, and at the time, it was only one of three in the UK. And I think there are now more than 50 in Scotland and more than 350 throughout the UK. Um, and I think the like proliferation of these kind of uh, books and ideas festivals is really about audience appetite. This is a place that loves to read. Yes. And, you know, in most years, we welcome people from all over the world um, in droves. And this year is obviously slightly more localized, um, but the crowds are still coming and it's wonderful. Um, so in 1983, it was originally biannual, but then we became an annual event in about 1997. Um, and I will say that when, um, when the book festival launched in 1983, I think there was a total of like 120 authors in 84 events, which to be honest, like it still seems like a pretty large festival, you know, um, but then in 2019, which is kind of our last, I guess, um, we call like full festival before the pandemic, and we welcomed more than 900 participants in over 800 events. Um, so that kind of scale and scope has been enormous um and there are i think nick barley who's our current director i think is the fifth director and they have all the five before him or five or six director and everybody has just played this really incredible role in shaping it into what it has become today so we are you know we owe them a lot and we're very lucky so how are you dealing with presenting the pandemic the festival this year as we come through the pandemic you have a new home over with the University of Edinburgh, I believe, isn't it? Yes, yeah. So it's at the Edinburgh College Bar, which is part of the University of Edinburgh. Um, so they have welcomed us to our new site and our new home where we'll be for the next however many years, um, which has been amazing. So last year in 2020, which seems like much longer ago than just last year, um, we kind of had to uh, cancel and reimagine what the festival was going to be because obviously it was going to be in our 
um, home at Charlotte Square and down George Street where the festival has been for many, many, many years. And we shifted and was purely online. And so what that meant was we decided to build uh, two broadcast studios at the assembly rooms, which is um, on George Street in Edinburgh. I'm pointing as if this helps and I don't even think it's in that direction but that's okay um, and so we were able to do a mixture of in-person but with no audience um, events and also Zoom um, but this year things have shifted again and so we've come to our new home um, which hopefully will be out for a number of years at Edinburgh College of the Arts and it's a beautiful space because you kind of enter firstly we are able to have a physical bookshop again which is hugely important for us and for the writers and for our audiences. Um, and so my colleagues have turned an old fire station into this bookshop, which is light filled and yeah, just full of the most, yeah, they've just done a really, really incredible job. And the first time we all walked in, everybody got quite, everyone got very emotional um, just because of what they've managed to do. And that's for, you know, that's for staff and that's for authors and publishers and everybody who has come in has had the same response. Um, so we have that physical bookshop on site, which is also um, complemented by our online bookshop. Um, and then so you, when you come into the space, there's this big green expanse. And so we've built kind of outdoor seating and infrastructure. And so there are like little cafes and bars and all sorts of places to sit in the Edinburgh sun. Um, and I say that because it's actually sunny today, uh, which is remarkable for August. Um, and we also have a giant screen. And so we are um, broadcasting live to that giant screen so people can watch outside if they choose to have a drink, have a snack, um, whatever that is. And so that people are able to obviously do that for free, um, which has been a really, really important part of kind of our, again, pivot, don't want to say pivot, but our shift into this space um, to make sure that we are able to offer things accessibly, which the festival has always been a key part of the festival. Um, but when you go inside, we have three different spaces. So we have the New York Times Theatre, which is in this beautiful sculpture court, which now seats 100 people. Uh, we have the Bailey Gifford Theatre, which is in another space, uh, which seats about 60 at capacity. And then we have our very snazzy Castle View Studio, um, which is upstairs in one of the kind of working art studio spaces, um, which overlooks as per the name, the, the castle in Edinburgh. Um, and it has very nice sunsets up there. Um, but what that means is we're able to kind of really play with this hybrid model. So a lot of the time we will have one or more people in the theatre, in the studio space, and we'll be maybe zooming in one or two, or sometimes everybody will be there together. Um, and we're kind of able to play around with this model a bit. I also will say that this is, you know, it's a great and ambitious uh, and kind of wild experiment um, that we're, yeah, we're incredibly, incredibly proud of. And we also learned a lot. Um, and so sometimes we'll have full audiences who are sitting in front of people and sometimes they'll only be on screen. But what we think is a really important aspect of this is that people, uh, even if you're coming in on Zoom, you can see and hear the audience. So the other night, Salman Rushdie was being interviewed by Alan Little and he made a joke vaguely at the expense of Norman Mailer. Anyway, <laughs> and the, the audience laughed and he was able to hear them laugh and he kind of, you know. Could react to it. React to that in that time. And it's an incredibly special thing to do. When it comes to audience questions, we are able to take questions in the room. And because we're broadcasting the events 
live. Um, we also have a chat function down the side. Yeah. And so our digital audiences are able to ask questions and then they are fed in onto an iPad on the stage with the chair. And if they're remote, they go to their device and then they can ask those audience questions live. Um, and so it's just a really special thing I think we've been able to create. Obviously there's no facsimile, you can't, you can't get every single essence of it just purely physical festival and put it online. But I think we've managed to find really interesting ways to give people that sense of connection that they might not usually have. Um, I think that what has happened through all this is we've enlarged our community. So the book lovers who were sitting in Australia or for us in the United States are able to be with you even if we can't physically be with you. Yeah. And I think this has been one of the, the bonuses or the, the upsides yeah. to dreadful time because I think we, where our reach and the people who are finding out and being a part of the book festival this year and the other book festivals that have been going on has been terrific. We find huge interest in what's happening. Absolutely. And I think that that's what we found after doing a purely digital festival last year, that the feedback from audiences, but also from authors and from publishers and, like, and other kind of partner organisations is obviously for reasons of mobility or financial reasons or illness or what, whatever it may be, not everybody can be in Edinburgh for two, the, like the two week dates in August every year or whatever it may be. And so giving people the opportunity to come together or to share ideas or listen to new stories, whatever it may be, is really, really important. Um, and that was such a key part of what we learned from last year. Um, and I'll also say that like this really lovely thing that happened was that we had audiences on every continent around the world except for Antarctica. And I think actually my colleague tried to see Tried to see how we could get to Antarctica this year, but I think that um, the stations down there, I'm not sure how their broadband is and they might have other priorities, but they can always watch on catch up. Um, well, you do have catch up. That was the thing is because a two week festival, when people come to Edinburgh and they would go to the book festival, they might also be running off to see a play or going off to the art gallery because there's so much going on. But with yeah. such a rich program, you and we can go over this later as we come to tell them but they can catch up you keep the programming up for several weeks do you yes we do so some of them are uh, it kind of depends on our arrangements of the authors some of them are up for shorter periods of time and most are up for longer periods of time they're also um our when watching online it's a pay it's pay as you go and again that right. idea of access is really important to us so the payment for that starts at zero and then kind of, and then goes up incrementally from that. But it, you really can make a choice of what you what, what you can afford to pay. Um, also, in terms of accessibility, we have BSL, um, and we also have closed captioning, um, which is also on our screens outside. And our BSL people who are doing it live as well in the studio are extraordinary. Um, there was a very tricky. Uh, I wouldn't say rude, but there was, there was sort of, um, Jeanette Winston was on the other day and, um, and she was talking about uh, sex and AI and I, I was just watching our BSL people kind of work over time. <laughs> and, but they're doing it for, for every event. And so say tonight we have an event with the New York Times who are one of our key partners to have a series um, of five events with them this year. And um, so we are doing an event about humanitarian intervention, which 
obviously, uh, considering what's going on in Afghanistan is like an incredibly important thing to be talking about at any time. And, you know, it's particularly pertinent now. Um, and just kind of watching um, our interpreters prepare for that is a very humbling thing. They're, they are extraordinary. And um, yeah, we are very lucky to be able to work with them. So if we could just for a second um, hear a little bit about some of the authors, because they are the, the whole essence of the festival. So um, you have a wide spectrum, uh, you know, from cooking to children to politics, um, to every genre. Um, can you tell us about some of the work, maybe some of the first of all leading authors who are, are debuting works, and maybe um, some of the young, newer, the first time uh, authors publishing for the first time? Yeah, absolutely. It's a really good question. So I'm going to kind of talk about everything as it's happening because we have we have two weeks and more than 250 events. Well, I'm sorry about that siren. Um, two weeks and more than 250 events. I'm going to kind of talk about it as all as it is still happening um, because you'll be able to capture yes. it or you can see it next week or whenever it might be. Um, so I think one of the ones I will start with because um, it's a welcoming home and so coming home to Scotland is Douglas Stewart. Um, so Douglas Stewart obviously won the Booker Prize last year for Shuggy Bain um, and he will be coming to the festival for our closing night event. So I'm kind of starting backwards but that's okay uh, which is on Monday the 30th of August. Um, so he'll be on site here and it's particularly special firstly because he'll be interviewed by the First Minister Nicola Sturgeon um, who has been an extraordinary supporter of the festival as actually her pre all predecessor, her predecessors have been um, but she is a huge reader but for Douglas Stewart this is his first time coming back to Scotland since he's won the Booker Prize. It's the first time seeing his family um, and we're just really really uh, honoured to be hosting him so that will be excellent. As I mentioned the other night we had um, an event with Salman Rushdie who was interviewed expertly by Alan Little um, who is one of our best interviewers and um, we also had Bernadine Evaristo um, whom she was uh, presenting her selection of black British writing um, so these are books that were already published but had fallen out of print and so it's called Black Britain Writing Back um, this series that she's been partnered with Penguin on and it's extraordinary um, we've also had David Diop who won the International Booker Prize this year he shared that with his translator uh, Anna Moskovakis um, he's French Senegalese and his book is called uh, At Night All Blood is Black um, about uh, some Senegalese fighters in the First World, World War and it is brutal and uh heartbreaking and wonderful and very short and very addictive. Um, and I highly, highly recommend that. Um, who else should I talk to you about? We also uh, had- well, So uh, you also have um, new up and coming authors as well. Um, so, you know, the, it's wonderful, the opportunity to hear Simon Rushdie speak about his work or these, uh, the Booker Prize winners, but also, we love to hear about also some of the up and coming authors that are coming through because this is such a wonderful um, opportunity for them to be a part of the festival. Yeah, well, I think what makes Edinburgh, the, the book festival here, so special and why I wanted to be a part of it so much is that there is this kind of uh, equal weight given to those kind of big names as well as this kind of sense of discovery. And these people, I, like, I think it's really important to note might be a discovery to me or to like a small part of our audience, but 
that's because they might only just be have been translated in English for the first time, for example. They might have been, you know, wildly popular in their home country or in a different la a language other than English for a really, really long time. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, it's like, it's really, really exciting. And it's also a huge honor and thrill for us to be able um, to host writers who are just coming out. So last night we had uh, Natasha Brown, who wrote a wonderful debut book called Assembly. Um, she is from, uh, she's actually from the UK, she's from London. She was in conversation with um, Olivia Sujic. Um, this is, I think, Olivia's second novel. She has a collection of essays as well. Um, the other day, I was very lucky to sit in on uh, Tori Peters. Um, Tori Peters is the author of Detransition Baby. Um, she's, Amer uh, she's American. And if you're looking for, uh, it's like a sexy, funny, comedy, oh, that's, a, that's the siren, that they're approving of Tori Peters. It's this kind of sexy, funny, um, like comedy of manners. Um, and she's American. Uh, Cherie Jones as well, uh, who's another writer, she has written a book called How the One-Armed uh, Sister Sweeps Her House. Um, I think she's actually a lawyer in her other life. She's a lawyer and a writer, which is mind-blowing, but so many people who, um, who are writers also, for obvious reasons, Doing something it else. It sweeps into another world. It is another world. Um, there's also uh, Waishu Moore, um, who had a, um, a book out a couple, a couple of years ago, and she's, but she's out with her um, memoir called The Giant, the Dragon, the Woman, which is just excellent. Uh, Nadia Wusu, which is another memoir, um, which is kind of about being, uh, it's about identity and third culture. And she's just, um, has written it in the, Kind of tracking it as if it's an earthquake. It's called aftershocks. Um, Don't you think that um, this, during the past few months, with us um, going through this pandemic, mm -hmm. there has been such a resurgence um, to to reading a book, to becoming involved. We have seen that from our uh, listeners and um, members of the American Scottish Foundation, the, the hunger they've had and enjoyment they've had from joining the festivals. We joined iWrite earlier this year. And um, so, but they don't need to just think it's going to be the Edinburgh Fest Book Festival just in August. You are doing um, opportunities for us to keep up with the festival throughout the year now, aren't you? So we do do year-round programming and as well, like we're starting to do more and more year-round programming, but also um, also projects throughout the year, which has been a really, really lovely part. Um, and particularly, I think it'll be a very interesting time for all the festivals as we kind of move, you know, like August will always be our key and most important dates. So right. We also think about how we can kind of connect with people throughout the year. And like you said, um, I think readers have been, I, th I think anybody who loves books has have has been able to find it quite. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as say soothing, but like a, a lovely thing to be able to do during the pandemic. But I also am acutely aware that people's attention span has been really, really tricky, right? I, like I've definitely found that. I'm not sure about what your experience has been, um, but I think that um, the people who do love to read is something really, really nice to be able to go back to. So Cam, there is also a part of the festival where you take new books. Um, and pair them with a filmmaker to make short films, I believe. Um, how, how is that happening and coming together for this year? Um, is it all part of the festival now or is this part of your ongoing program that happens 
later in the year. So this project that you're referring to, which is one of my favorites, I'm like, I don't know if I'm allowed to have favorite children. This is <laughs> It's fine. Uh, is our Reading Scotland series, and so this is actually supported by the Scottish Government's uh, Edinburgh Festivals Expo Fund. Um, and so what we did is we partnered with White Stag, who is a production company here in Edinburgh, and we selected six uh, Scottish writers, um, some kind of emerging, up and coming, and some more established. And we paired them with a Scottish filmmaker to make. Essentially, we're kind of calling them like mood documentaries because they are new, we're commissioning like new work, so commission new short films that respond to the text. And so it's not a literal kind of translation, um, but it's this kind of more um, a feeling or evocation. Um, and they have made the most extraordinary, um, very short films, which we are showing at either the beginning or the end of these sessions. And so we have six writers and six filmmakers. Um, and so as part of the series, the writer and the filmmaker are together on stage after the premiere here. Um, and it has been really amazing to see what they've come up with. Um, because the writers, we have uh, James Robertson, who has uh, News of the Dead, and he partnered with a filmmaker called Anthony Baxter. We have Graham Armstrong, um, who has an incredible um, debut novel called The Young Team, and that has been kind of reinterpreted by James Price. Um, then we have Shola von Reinhold, um, who has partnered with Jamie Cruz, who is a uh, filmmaker from Glasgow, and Shola's book is, their book is called Lote. Um, Helen McClory, who has Bitterhall, Jen Hadfield, who is an extraordinary Shetlandic poet, or sorry, she lives on Shetland, um, and also another writer, Ross Sayers. Um, and so their films have all premiered at, um, in their authors' events. And just the kind of conversation and collaboration that have, has come out of this has been so fascinating because right from the get-go when we approached the writers and the filmmakers, everybody was so excited to be able to kind of reimagine text and work like in this multidisciplinary way um, and so I really encourage everybody to seek out on our website and on YouTube what they've made. That's so exciting Cam that there's this wonderful opportunity for writers and filmmakers to be collaborating in this way. Can you um, just confirm to us how we can watch, see, catch up with all that's going on? There's more of the festival as we release this but then mm -hmm. people can still be watch what has happened over the last few weeks to a large extent yeah absolutely so the first way obviously is you can come if you happen to be in edinburgh you can come down to the eca and see it in person either outside on a big screen or in one of our theater spaces um the other thing you can do is you can watch online so you can watch um, on our website, which is edbookfest.co.uk. Um, and you can also watch, you can catch up on YouTube. So those are the three ways. We also do publish podcasts throughout the year, um, which is a lovely thing to be able to do because it means you can walk around and listen to these stories and ideas from you know the best writers from all around the world, from Scotland and beyond, uh, as you're out on your morning walk or doing whatever you might be doing. But also we've got the year of storytelling coming up next year. And we so do. I hope that we're going to be in close touch with you. And if we can catch up with you in the coming months as you prepare for what I'm sure it will be even more events. And I won't yeah. ask you to tell us about them now. We'll look forward to catching up with you and hearing what's in store for 2022 in a few weeks time. 
That would be wonderful. We might we might need to lie down first and then okay. play two time. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tam. Enjoy the, the rest of the festival. Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.